Game seven, eight seconds left, home team down by one. Oh, the home team strips the ball and the point guard is all alone. But it appears that there's a wet spot on the free throw line. The fans go silent. Their championship aspirations flash before their eyes. Wait, someone's running out on the court. Oh my, it's the towel boy. How did he clean it so fast? The point guard takes off and dunks the ball. Game over, the crowd erupts. Towel boy, towel boy. Hello, everybody, and thank you for another marvelous standing ovation. My name is Andy. And I'm Landon. And we are the Towel Boys. So this is a very special podcast. Not only is it Podcast 15, which, now that I think about it, isn't really a cool number at all, but it's Podcast 15 anyway, and it is our first ever happy hour podcast. So we're just it drinking is- a... 1.12 on a Saturday, 1.12 p.m., and I am ready to do this thing. Drink a few beers, watch the heat game after. This is going to be a fun afternoon. Oh, yeah. Let's get started. Topic number one that we randomly compiled 10 minutes ago, Dame versus Steph from 30 feet. There have been some talks, you know, about, hey, maybe Dame can shoot, can outshoot Steph from 30 feet. We always know Steph for being this crazy guy. Now Dame can do it. Who wins? I know the right answer is probably Steph, or at least that's like the historically correct answer. But Dame's percentage from beyond 30 feet this season is off the charts. And just his sheer volume makes me think that he is more well-conditioned to take this shot, takes it off of picks, takes fadeaways from this range, the one over Paul George to kick the thunder out of the playoffs last season. I don't know. Everything makes me think that Dame would be better, and I I think I have to go with Dame. I'm going with the third option. Give me Ice Trey, Mr. Trey Young. Disrespected. Takes a lot of deep threes, hits a lot of deep threes, a phenomenal shooter. He'd be upset he didn't get invited initially. Trey Young takes this, walks away with it easy. He actually tweeted at like asking to be a part of this competition. Oh, I know. I, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> He's ready. I, I don't know, man. He doesn't inspire me in that way yet. I know he hits some. It's just like Dame and Curry are locked in. They've been in the league for a while. We know that they have that range. I don't think Trey's there yet. Um, Trey Young, I think last year, shot 35.8% from 30-plus feet. I think Dame's at like 48% this year or something like that. Yeah. Give me Trey. (laughs) (laughs) Justified. Trey can't play defense. He needs to make it up somehow. He can hit 30-footers. That is true. But honestly, like, Trey Young, Dame Curry, like, who are you taking in order for defense? (laughs) Uh. Can I throw myself in there? <laughs> um, I, uh, I take Dame. Dame, Dame I think, showed a lot of scrappiness. I agree. In the last few minutes of a lot of games, he's come up with some pretty clutch steals in the past, in the bubble games. Yeah, I, I think Day, Dame, uh, Steph, and then then a big gap, and, and then, I guess, Trey Young. I, I agree. Trey Young was in, like, the bottom three and people that played a bunch of minutes in terms of like defensive rating and stuff this year. I, I just 
his lack of size, lack of, I would say, defensive effort at times, it just doesn't compare to Damon Curry. Would Trey Young get 21 owed by most centers in the league if those centers started with the ball? <laughs> uh, yes. One on one. I mean, unless, you know, you got KP taking, Kristaps uh, Porzingis taking like 15 footers over tiny guys because he doesn't have the urge to back people down. So maybe against <laughs> a guy like that, you'll get uh you'll get a couple rebounds but yeah against the true I, I center like, nah give, give me like uh bismack biombo he's 21 <laughs> trey young <laughs> see you know biombo is gonna take good shots he, he's only gonna take like he's only hooks at the rim yeah exactly so like i i think that's a good bet that's a good center bet <laughs> All right, well, let, let's you get back to... You heard it here first. Biombo over Trey Young, 1v1. 21-0, not just over him. 21-0. Trey's not getting the ball. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, let's go back to Dame. Uh, Damn, has Dame bro. proven? I just had some uh, some cider. I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm at Vanderbilt right now. Senior here. This is called uh, Diskin Cider, locally brewed. This is some good stuff. Semi-sweet southern apple cider. I'm drinking this random beer that that my dad bought me actually called Straw Gator, and you know, Straw Gator. Yeah, it's, an, it's like a strawberry beer, and I I can't say that I like it, but you know it's free, so I will <laughs> consume it. All right, let's go back to Dame. Dame has been, he's the bubble MVP. Is he a top five player now? Uh, right now. I mean, if you're KD asking, out, yes, right now, and yes. technically, but KD out. I will say though, his performance in Game Two of Blazers Lakers was pretty terrible. He just did not seem like himself. But every other game in the bubble, he has been the most dominant force throughout the entire bubble. So he- I think he does jump into the top five currently. So does that mean because Steph is technically healthy, does that mean Dame is better than Steph? No. I It's unfair to put Dame above Curry. Like, I remember watching when Curry got healthy earlier this year for the five games he was in. He was still Steph Curry. He was still attracting the defensive attention that he did before, commanding the offense in every way, hitting his shots. Obviously, he wasn't in rhythm, but I think Steph Curry comes back next year and the Warriors are a top three seed in the West. So right now, um, KD's out. My top five right now, Kawhi one, LeBron two, Steph three, Giannis four, Luka Doncic five. And I think that's fair. James Harden's six. It's really close. For some reason, I just watching Luca against the Clippers is insane. Like he has. There's Kawhi. There's Paul George. There's Marcus Morris. Patrick Beverly's a good defender. And it doesn't matter who's guarding Luca. He put up 28 points in 28 minutes. He's disgusting. I agree with you. I will say this: in the playoffs so far, you know who's been the best player. Besides Who's Dame? been the best player in the in the playoffs? In the hmm. in the last two games, we've watched two games for every oh, team. Who has been Donovan the best Mitchell. player? Donovan James Mitchell. Harden. James Harden. James Harden shot terribly. It doesn't matter. I I he his ability to will 
the Rockets to two victories over the Thunder, who everybody thought could take the Rockets to seven without his 1B is incredible. And I don't think there are many guys that you can put on a team with a lot of non-top 100 players. I mean, you don't have a bunch of elite guys on the Rockets. It's really hardened kicking to shooters. And I don't know, bro. I, I just, I've been really impressed with James Harden. And I'm not a big Harden guy, but what he's done in these first two games is really impressive. I think it's also a testament to how horrible OKC is playing. I don't know what, what happened, but we were both pretty high in OKC. We, we had a lot of respect for them. Billy Donovan really coached them up this year. Chris Paul is a good leader. And Chris Paul has been horrendous, and OKC has been horrendous as a unit. They've been terrible. And I'm not taking anything away from James Harden, but a guy like Donovan Mitchell, to me, is the best performing player so far in the first round. I understand. I mean, he put up the third most points ever in a playoff game, which was absolutely insane. Nobody saw that coming from this guy. He put up 30 right after. Yeah, and he's willing the Jazz to victories at this point. I mean, I know he's not necessarily scoring that much in the wins, but his dribble penetration and ability to get other guys open is completely influencing where that series is heading. If if the Jazz didn't look like a YMCA 50-plus men's team in the first three minutes of overtime against the Nuggets, they'd be up 3 nothing right now. <laughs> <laughs> they, they actually, I think they got, I think they had more turnovers than shots they put up. It was like, it was like, what are you doing? Like, are you, did you bet against yourselves this game? Like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, I mean, they can definitely go through some rough spots, but in the end, Donovan Mitchell is probably one of the best playoff leaders that you could ask for. He's just really calm, cool, and collected. Goes about his business. And I was listening to him trash talk on some mics the other day, and it was amazing, bro. Like, he just has the utmost confidence. And with that, I think fans can have a lot of confidence in him. And how about this? Did, did Mike Conley, is he stepping into the new Fred Van Vliet role? He just had a kid, and then he shoots 7 of 8 from 3, and he put True. up 27. Is Mike Conley going to just ball out? Are the Jazz going to win the finals? <laughs> Having a kid just changes everything, man. Really gives you a new perspective. It's pretty <laughs> wild. Like I do not speak from experience. <laughs> I'd hope you wouldn't. <laughs> Yeah, no, no I I think Mike Conley, if he really steps up like this, the Jazz can actually go to the second round and get eliminated very quickly. Yeah, I would have laughed, but I was drinking beer. All right, that's no. that's valid. I was waiting for the laugh, but no, it was it was actually my feelings weren't hard. that hurt. Who? So they they'd field the winner of Lakers Blazers, right? Who? No, no, they're they're in the three six. They they just get yeah, the Clippers. Clippers. They're getting the Clippers. So yeah, yeah that's a smoked. that's a five game exit probably. Maybe four depends on the Clippers look. I don't know, dude. The Clippers have looked very right. questionable, so it and it all comes down to Paul George, who I have been calling GP thirty one. And if anybody needs the explanation on that, he calls himself PG thirteen. But he is so terrible in the playoffs every single year that I would argue he has been replaced by a 
clone who is terrible at basketball who should be named <laughs> GP31. Just reverse both both. I just think PG I just think and 13, GP31. Calling anybody GP is just an insult. And for anybody who doesn't know what GP is, it's group urination. So so that that's that's a pretty pretty low bar we're setting for Paul George, but he's he's really living up to that GP name. He's been terrible. This is second game. Like how he followed how up bad? his four for seventeen game with a huge bounce pack of three for sixteen. So good. Like it's not even like he's asked to do that much. Like Kawhi does most of the stuff. Lou Will dribbles. Like he just has to stand there and no nah, man. Threes. And he's just you know just what? Like, That's my problem with the Clippers. I said this on the last pod. I'll say it again. Everything should be run through Kawhi, yet they let Paul George, I guess they're trying to get him rolling or whatever they're doing. He's running way too many offensive possessions. Kawhi is too good to be put on the wing as a catch-and-shoot guy. He should be the point guard in every pick-and-roll, in every possession. They need him creating plays, not GP31. I agree, not GP31, as you like to call him, but... Also, Lou Will should be switching off because Lou Will does have that offensive dynamic. When Kawhi, when Kawhi is on the bench, I agree. Yeah, but even when Kawhi's in, if Kawhi's if Kawhi's playing extra minutes in a playoff game, you don't want him consistently on the. He's going to be gassed. You want him at the end. So if you're if it, if you're up ten, have Lou Will take over. The no, offense. of course. Kawhi's still going to play I, defense. When I say every time, I don't mean literally every play. What I'm saying is like when he's on the court, Kawhi should be the focal point of the offense. And I know yeah. they have a lot of guys that put up a lot of points, but it has to be Kawhi. You can see from the Raptors last year, that leads to success. <laughs> well, the Raptors didn't have GP or Lou Will or Marcus Morris. They did have some guys, but yeah, I, I agree. Montrez looked like himself last night. I don't know if you watched that game, Clippers-Mavs, game three. Yeah, I mean, he, he looked better. He was. I saw the passion. That I haven't yeah. seen the first two games. Uh, Stan hyped. Van Stan Van Gundy and some other announcers, they they always say that Montrez's best attribute is his passion for the game. And I think that's incredibly accurate. Not only is it his best attribute, it's actually one of the Clippers' most important attributes. Patrick Beverly and Montrez bring in that attitude every game and attacking. Luka Doncic with that attitude. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's funny that Montrez Harrell, who is perfectly capable of playing center, he's super strong. He's 6'7". He's really strong, though. And you wouldn't think of him as a 6'7 guy. Think of him as like a 6'9", 6'10 guy. You got 6'7 Montrez Harrell with a 7 or 8-inch height disadvantage against Porzingis. And, like, <laughs> it just it's so obvious how much taller Porzingis is, yet Porzingis, like you said earlier, just settles for 15-footers. I don't know why and he does that, man. He could be so dominant. Yeah, he's a good shooter, but I agree. He is a good shooter, but like he also takes some very, very poor quality shots, and he could probably post up and use his strength to get down low, and he just doesn't do it. That could be a Rick Carlisle scheme. I'm not certain. But I would love to see Porzingis use his size more. You know who does use their size? Who's that? Charles Barkley? Boban Marjanovic. Oh, <laughs> true. <laughs> we'll talk about Charles in a minute. 
Boban, Boban, for some reason, just is absolutely eating away at the Clippers' soul. It's not for some <laughs> reason. The Clippers are not built to defend a guy like that. I don't think anybody is built it. Like, is is this future NBA going to be just four wing shooters and then a seven five guy? <laughs> like, are we going to start getting like like <laughs> Boban Taco Fall matchups in like twenty twenty five? Dude, Taco Fall is actually gonna be decent, in my opinion. I know the the Celtics haven't used him this year, but he would have a similar impact on the game as Boban. Right, and and eventually, if Bobo plays a small lineup, he'll have that impact too. Like it's For these sure. giant freaks, which Bobo is significantly more mobile than the other two, and he can shoot, which is just scary, scary, scary stuff. But. No, I mean, like, yeah, Taco and Boban. That's the matchup I want to see. I want to see those guys start and just, just. I I don't even know what they would do against each other. Probably nothing, but. Yeah, they kind of like equalize. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about. You said somebody who, speaking of size, not the height, but the width, Mister. <laughs> the girth. He has repeatedly guaranteed that teams will win in the bubble, and they have repeatedly <laughs> so not bad. won. Yeah, no, he's getting to skip Bayless levels of trolling in the media. This guy, for those of you who don't know, Charles Barkley, after game one of the Lakers series, said that the Blazers yeah. would sweep the Los Angeles Lakers. And then, <laughs> after that, Shaq upon the Lakers winning game two after the Blazers won one, broke a broom over his knee, destroying the sweep in Charles Barkley's <laughs> face. And did you see Shaq's mask when he did it? One of the best masks I've ever seen. For those of you who have not seen it, go look at that video. The mask is hilarious. Yeah. It's just no, like his it, mouth it's, smiling. It's awesome. <laughs> I know. It's so weird. It's just like himself. I love it. <laughs> I was so confused. I love it. <laughs> they're and absurd they, bro did you see they did the beer on the basketball challenge yeah it just got all over their nice suits i was dead well charles of course charles's gut blocked it from getting to his hand so <laughs> it just so fell true. to the ground but shack shack managed to have the beer flip 12 times before he caught it which is cool but he also caught it with no beer left so i don't think either one of them did unfortunate it right. yeah but i i think they'll survive but once again, Shaq outdid Charles in just the simplest of things because, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's harsh, um, man. How about, how about Joel Embiid? Talk about, well, not talk about Chunky. That's mean. Embiid's really good and strong. But the rest of his team looks pretty chunky. Yeah, I, I think Embiid's gone, dude. He just looked like he was going to cry after they lost to the Celtics a third time. He was like, I don't want to get swept, basically admitting <laughs> the series was over and that he just Which wanted you do one not game do. to hold on to. No, yeah, I mean, he knows it's over. He's done too much for that team, and they have not reciprocated the effort. Embiid's gone, bro. I know, like, I know 3-0 is pretty much impossible. Has it ever happened? No, right? I don't believe so. I don't think so in any I, round I know, either. I know 3-0 has never happened but it's definitely not impossible so Embiid basically saying he doesn't want to get swept actually means that he knows it's over and if you say you don't want to get swept you're probably going to get swept agreed and with Jason Tatum 
Actually, Jason Tatum had a pretty rough game three. He ended up rounding into form at the end of the game. But he was not looking great for a while there. Overall in the series, though, he has completely destroyed the Sixers' will by hitting step-back threes and step-back mid-rangers over their best defender in Tybul. And, well, I guess Embiid is their best defender, but Tybul is their best perimeter defender right now. Hey, remember... Remember when you said that Tybal was going to give Tatum problems and I laughed? He did last game. Yeah, I think he did a great job last no, game. Tatum was in foul trouble. That's why he had problems. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was definitely a part of it, but Tybal is definitely in a pretty effective defender to throw on some elite perimeter players. Talk about Tatum. Tatum had three blocks in the first game and four blocks last game. Like, who is this guy? <laughs> He's such well, a good no, defender we, now. We've known that he was a great defender for a while. Basically, this whole year, he's been impressive. He's so good. <laughs> he's amazing. I was trying yeah. to tell my friends back back in that draft when everybody's like, oh, Fultz is going to be the best player. And I said, no, Jason Tatum is the best player coming out of this draft. Like, trust me. And what do you know? I think a lot player. of people could could tell by the time those playoffs rolled around in 2018 and he was going toe to toe with LeBron. That was when everybody knew that Jason Tatum was going to be a legit top 10 player. Eventually he's still only 22. It's insane. Let's talk about the other historical franchise. Now we've talked about the Celtics. Let's talk about the Lakers and Landon, you had an interesting question that you wanted to ask me. What was it? Should J.R. Smith and Dion Waiters get more minutes. No. No? No. Oh, I, I, no. I think the answer is no. yes, easily. Dion's fat and he eats gummies. Bro, why are you calling everybody fat? Like th- this is this is a serious problem. We are towel boys. We do not deserve to get to call NBA players fat. I've called Charles Barkley fat and I've called Dion Waiters fat. Like you have to at least say girthy. You know, like you have to, you have to come up with another way to say this. This is just messed up. Like fat is just not PC. <laughs> All right. Um, Dion Waiters had some meat in the bones back then, but no, I, I in all honesty, Dion Waiters playing is not the end of the world. And until J.R. Smith learns to shoot again, he can't play because J.R. Smith is not a good enough defender to get in a game unless he's hitting shots. Dion Waiters though can actually dribble penetrate and be a point guard of the offense until rondo gets back so i'm not against waiters getting more minutes and i i know you love dion but i do love jr jr needs to shoot better or else no he shouldn't be playing at all i i mean yeah that's my point though jr and dion are both plus three-point shooters and with danny green shooting like jaleel okafor and with (laughs) kcp shooting like dwight howard who is also on that team, embarrassingly enough, you have no shooting around the best passer in the league. So the entire Lakers construction of the roster makes absolutely no sense. Now, if you're throwing J.R. Smith, who's one of the like finals three point leaders, and then Dion Waiters, who shoot, who shot like 40% from three at the beginning of the season, you're going to start getting better looks, better quality shots from better shooters. LeBron should not be surrounded by guys who cannot convert that shot because he's going to get doubled or triple teamed 
on every drive and needs those guys to be there to make the shots. It's the same with the Bucks. It's the same formula. And you can't screw those guys out of their ability to play make by having negative three-point shooters on the court. You just can't do it or you're not going to go as far as you want to in the playoffs. Who wins a three-point shootout? Bubble, Danny Green, or Mecca Okafor? Like, uh, <laughs> it's tough, and it shouldn't be tough because Danny Green's a proven vet. He's won two championships as a very important factor on both of those teams, and I just don't understand what's happening to him. I, it's just like a Lakers fan thing. They just bully these guys into not being able to shoot and then suddenly being able to shoot after they bully them after they can't shoot. It's just a continuous process where Lakers fans just influence the role players on their team's abilities to shoot threes. Danny Green, the Towel Boys are officially calling you out. Not that you'll ever hear or see this. Not that you even care. We're calling you out. Step up. Be better. Yeah, I I don't know, man. I... It seems like it's just a mental thing. We've seen players struggle with this. Like, Markel Fultz is a great example. A lot of what happened to him was mental. He was a decent three-point shooter, just shooter in general in college, and then he gets to the NBA, goes to the Sixers. Maybe he, like, touched Ben Simmons and, like, absorbed his (laughs) inability to shoot threes. But whatever it was, it completely destroyed his confidence and it's still a mental blockage that is continuing through his days with the magic it's pretty bad i Just hope the... that doesn't continue for danny green it won't he'll figure it out he, he's known to to get in slumps so hopefully danny green's able to to pick it up and i think you will give him a few games we'll see i i mean I don't want the Lakers to get past the Clippers because I picked the Clippers and I want my pick to be right. But if I were a Lakers fan, I'd be so pissed at Danny Green. And I would want him to turn around his game immediately because he was supposed to be the difference maker for this Lakers team. He's supposed to be the X factor. And he has been the L factor. I will tell you this, if the Clippers somehow don't fix this their cohesiveness and level of chemistry and and get into that Lakers series like this, I mean maybe it's not so clear cut the Clippers would win. I don't know. You know what? Don't look Speaking good right of now. cohesiveness, there's one comment that is continuously made throughout NBA games that I just need to get off my chest. Announcers always say coherent offense coherent defense these teams need to put together a coherent game plan the word is cohesive it's cohesive oh how about this physicality isn't a word (laughs) do you know how many times (laughs) announcers say oh the physicality on this team is crazy that's not a word it's physicalness there is no physicality it's not a word and people might think it's a word because they're told (laughs) it by NBA announcers every single game but physicality is not an English word. I don't know what language they're speaking, but that's not, not gonna a word lie. Either. Not going to lie, I didn't know that. Yeah, physicality is not a word. We need this lesson from new law student Andy Myers. Please give us give us your grammar input. Law school sucks. Don't go. 
<laughs> they're gonna yeah, hear that I, and kick you out. Well, now I'm looking it up, and it's like this is what my dad tells me. I'm pretty sure it's not a. Oh, are you wrong? Oh, that's even funnier. Don't yeah, hire this guy as your lawyer, people. Yeah, wallow in your own failures. Yeah, I take back what I said. Nice, nice. Let's go, announcers. Yeah, that's, that's, that's better for the happy hour pod. I, yeah, I'm, I'm going to yell at my dad for that. You know, I, yeah, you can't <laughs> trust him. He shouldn't be your boss. He's terrible at what he does. Ouch. I, I don't believe that. Things, I I'm, don't believe that, Ron. Don't, don't no, listen he, to your son. Ron's great, but, you know, he's making me look bad now on podcasts. And, you know, that, that's where I draw the line. <laughs> All right, moving on. Um, talk about another guy in the Lakers. Have you guys seen LeBron's head? It's a little weird, but have you seen the top of his head when he plays all the pictures? The guy is losing like, hair so quickly. He's, he's no Jalen Rose. That's all we'll say. <laughs> he needs to go <laughs> bald. I think LeBron would look cool bald. And he's got the full beard now. Got to bring the headband back. He's got to do it. No, no headband. Fully accept the bald head. Full beard. Do it. But why no headband? He always looked better with the headband. I remember when... I was at that game, game six in San Antonio, where he like lost his headband, or sorry, game six in Miami against San Antonio. He lost his headband and like didn't put it back on for the rest of the game. It was weird. Well, he didn't look like LeBron. He looked like somebody else. The reason why he looked better without the headband or with the headband than without is because his hairline is so bad. But if he goes bald, there's no hairline to speak of. Right. But the headband looked better just in general <laughs> but you haven't seen the headband without with him being bald i want full bald full beard lebron fully accept your <laughs> oldest shit and just whoa whoa whoa, whoa 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 you're a big lebron guy how are you just going around criticizing him no oldest shit doesn't mean he's bad he's oldest shit because he's oldest shit he's bro playing his numbers in, 15, in, in game one that l what what do you have like 20 like 17 15 something along that like those were insane numbers 23 17 and 16 on 9 of 20 45 percent. oh my god like oh it's ridiculous and then the next game he has 10 6 and 7 and they win (laughs) which would by the way that was an ad takeover game which by the way if if people don't know this lebron has some ridiculous streak for the most point the most games uh of scoring 10 plus points in a row and he barely got that, but I feel like they would have put him in the game for a layup if he didn't. Because he he seems like a guy who cares about that record. I've seen times where he puts up six, even if the game's over, and he just scores. I think he cares. <laughs> That's fair. All right, man. Well, definitely need to start gearing up to watch the uh, Heat take down the Pacers in Game Three. But I think we should give some towel boy takes. Let me, let me first say something really cool that happened to me the other day. I was sent a gift by a fan who, I won't mention who the fan was, but this fan sent me a towel with our branded Towel Boy logo. And I will tell you, that is the best gift I've received in a long, long time. So thank you, Towel Boy fan, for that amazing gift. And guys, by the way, if we start getting bigger, maybe we'll start selling some Towel Boy merchandise. Maybe you guys want to really rock the Towel Boys. Who knows? We might get there. You got to embrace your inner towel boy, man. We so yeah, back do. to what you were saying. Towel boy takes the day right off the top of the head. Landon, kick us off. All right. I have gone back and forth on Toronto, Boston over and over again. 
And what I will say about that series is that whoever plays better between Fred Van Vliet and Jason Tatum will win the series. Now, people will be surprised because Pascal Siakam is often the choice for the best player on the Raptors. I think it's Fred Van Vliet. Not Kyle Lowry either. It's Fred. He is the most dynamic offensive player they have. He can drive. He can shoot. He can navigate, pick, and roll. He can do everything offensively that that team needs. And he is the dog on defense. If he takes over that series, which I think he has the capability to do based on his performance this year, the Raptors are winning that series. Jason Tatum has the ability to hit shots on whoever's guarding him because of his ability to sidestep, fade away, you know, step back, drive and spin, drive and Euro. He has the full offensive bag. It's a very unique bag at that. And those two are the offensive cruxes of their team, in my opinion. And they will influence the series one way or the other. It's not a bad take. I I think that comparing Tatum and Van Vliet on its own is is comical at the surface Well, of course, of course, of course. But Tatum's going to be great. I think it's a matter of if Pascal struggles. I think that's the key to the series because we know Van Vliet's going to be Oh, he will. Kyle Lowry is going to be a pest, whether or not he shoots well. He might put up 10, 10, and 8 some games. He might put up 26 and 5 some I mean, he's going to have good games. It's going to come down to, can, can Pascal play well, and can he defend the wings of the Celtics? And he can definitely defend them, but I mean, will like he shoot well? Saying, he will not I don't know if well. he'll shoot well, so we'll no. see. My Towelboy take of the day, I'm going to continue to back the team that looks like absolute horse manure. I, I, for some reason, horse manure is like my new thing. I just love saying it. I don't know why. I don't like it. But, I don't like it. It's uncomfortable. Yeah, I, you don't like it makes me like it more. So thank you. Damn. But the Denver Nuggets have looked atrocious. They should be down 3-0. And besides Jokic and Murray, the rest of the team looks like horse manure, like I said. Stop so, saying that. Oh, so God. my... Towelboy take of the day is that the Denver Nuggets are going to figure it out. I'm sticking with my pick. I had Nuggets, the Nuggets winning the series. I think in six. I'm going to stick with my pick, not in six. I think the Nuggets figure it out. They're a team that has a surprising amount of playoff experience for a young team. And I know that the Jazz do too. For some reason, this Nuggets team has not clicked. I still think they're a pretty decent defensive team, and they haven't showed it. And offensively, their woes have been beyond any amount imaginable. They've been terrible. I think the Nuggets figure it out. They bounce back next game. They win next game. And I think they end up winning game seven. I think they beat the Nuggets. They, I think the Nuggets beat the Jazz still. They do love Maybe game I'm sevens. completely wrong. Maybe they lose in five. I don't know. But I'm sticking with the Nuggets. I have a hard time thinking that Denver is just going to go out looking this bad. They've they've made so much progress the last two years. And, and Jokic has really turned into a top 10 player. So I'm sticking with Nuggets in seven. That's my Cowboy take of the day because of how bad they look. I get that. I, I think my thing is I was just not prepared to see a Donovan Mitchell firing on all cylinders like this. Obviously, I knew he was incredible. I did not realize that he was going to put up the sheer amount of points that he did in game one. And what's your 
Yeah. Go What's ahead. your Donovan Mitchell player comp right now? Like, like if he comp? plays at this level, like, like it's what he... everybody's always said. Dwayne Wade. But but he can shoot threes, so it's a, just a modern. Dwayne sure, Wade. sure. But but the explosiveness combined with the playmaking is what gets that comp. Like, yes, he can shoot threes. D Wade was never like a great three point shooter, but everything else really points to that being his peak which he is starting to reach it appears so are we seeing jason tatum as the new kevin durant bam out of bio as the new kevin garnett donovan mitchell is the new Dwayne wade is this new era here it's looking like it it is looking like it i think the bam take is a little premature but if he develops a you know competent mid-range jumper then you're starting to look at that defensive and offensive dominance the tatum durant thing i don't think it's that comparable there's such different i think tatum is his own player i don't think there's ever been a tatum before tatum i'll tell you kevin garnett at age 22 he had 21 points 10 and a half rebounds four and a half assists bam's about five points short of that but he's got the same defensive numbers and he has the same that's a lot of points and it's a lot assists. of points We'll see. I have faith, as you know. Kevin Garnett was always a very good mid-range shooter. And, you know, like I said before, Bam hasn't really hit that point yet. As a Heat fan, I hope he does, but uh, KG's jumper was always pretty. It's a little different. Yeah. Well, this wraps up our first ever Happy Hour pod. Please give us feedback. Let us know how it went. I think it went pretty well. But seriously, thanks, guys, for listening. As always, stay tuned for our next podcast, which we will be talking about the NBA awards and who we think should deserve them, who doesn't deserve them. Make sure to keep following us on social media at the Tower Boys on both Instagram and Twitter. And as always, thank you guys for listening. Good day. <laughs> Good day. <laughs>